This is Pro Wrestling's only modern day Viking gunner, and you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Blue Pants Bates, and you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain and founder of Global Force Wrestling, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, f- <laughs> fellas, uh, you guys have a great day, and, and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. See? Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> That's in. a great <laughs> we've, we've had 70-degree weather here. For, I mean, we really had a warm December, and I get on the phone with damn Canadians, and we're spitting snow. So. My name is Carl Carafel. I'm joined alongside my co-host Chris Best, and this is Turnbuckle Talk, episode number 335, Hell to Pay. Yes, there could definitely be hell to pay. Before we get right into the show, we want to make sure that we shout out our sponsors for this episode here today. We were talking Rogue Energy, an amazing energy drink that gives you less sugars, more of the good stuff that is needed to keep you going, no crash, and just a phenomenal product. Go and check them out at rogueenergy.com. While you are there, use the promo code OLEPODS and get 10% off your order every single time that you are there. And a thank you to our other sponsor, collarandelbowbrand.com, an amazing company founded by Al Snow. That's right, professional wrestler Al Snow founded Collar and Elbow Brand. Some amazing merchandise and gear over there as well. Check out collarandelbowbrand.com and use the promo code JKPODCAST to get yourself 10% off your order over there as well. As we said, my name is Carl Carafel. I have got Chris Best on my screen right there. Chris, how are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good. Still riding the wave of uh, hype from last night's Raw because that was just an overall fantastic show. Right. It definitely was. And I mean, we're we're on our way to the next PLE within the WWE. And we have got some great stories that are being told and some amazing advances with story and just show itself and it's absolutely fantastic and i think we're going to touch on one of those a little later on yeah tonight first thing that i want to touch on is is probably a little bit of a uh a downer a little bit of a sad note possibly for people who are fans of ray phoenix ray phoenix is reportedly going to be out of the stadium stampede match that is happening at all in now originally when i had heard all of this i had thought that this was possibly something having to do with an injury but as it turns out thankfully it is not we're actually looking at the reason behind him missing the event is travel and or possibly visa issues not because of him being injured he was just in action on last friday's episode of rampage where he actually defeated uh, commander so we know that he is good to mm. go now do you know anything about the stampede match that's supposed to be happening at all in i i did read about it yesterday and i'm like how are they going to do this if they're already in wembley stadium are they going to maybe use wembley arena to do it or I'm very curious, know. and I will be watching the pay-per-view just to see how the, how it's done. <laughs> right? I think that they're just kind of using that name Stadium Stampede now just because it was used before. It had very good reception. Right. And, yeah, definitely they're going to be using part of the arena itself, of course. Yeah. All In is set to take place at Wembley Stadium in London, just as Chris had mentioned. And the original match was supposed to have Phoenix and uh, Penta El Zero Miedo Eddie Kingston, uh, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Trent Beretta to take on John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, 
and Wheeler Yuda with the Blackpool Combat Club looking for another three partners to join them for the match. We still don't know who those other three are going to be and are now. Is there going to be three or are they going to drop it down just to two? Or do you think that Phoenix is going to be replaced? Well, I'm already reading uh, because this came to me this morning as well. The whole Ray Phoenix situation. I'm already reading that they do have a backup in place in just in case they cannot get his visa issues sorted out. Okay. Okay. They're still trying to get it sorted out right now. But they they said that there is a backup in place. <laughs> nice. So, Joe, thank you so much for popping in, saying good evening. Got you on in the background at work. I appreciate that. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, thank you, Joe. So, in this situation, we've already got three against six. Having two, yeah. three more people. If we're going to take you know, Phoenix out of the equation like he needs to be for whatever reason. Do you think that it would be easier just to replace him and continue on with the original story? Or would it be easier just to find two more people? Do you think that they have three people already for, uh, you know, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club side. Daisy Jackson, I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for popping in. Really appreciate you. I'm doing very well. God, I'm not, not going to lie. I read that like Joey. <laughs> All right. Now, does anybody um, know what happened with FTR? But what I would say is... Um, we'll get to that, Daisy. Hold on. I don't think you need to add somebody to replace Phoenix because it would just kind of muddle up the story that they're doing right now. Okay. So I would just subtract the the one person from who they're going to add. Just add the two other people that Black, uh, Blackpool Combat Club want to do, and then maybe have something with Ray Phoenix when they come back over this way, where he can settle his his side of the issues with Blackpool Combat Club. Okay. No. Totally. Totally get that and understand that. Um, what if right now we have a situation though where we have got you know the uh, BCC that might already have their team of uh, let's say Malachi blacks faction that has three people already. Mm -hmm. Right now. Should we, should we remove one of them or should we just use the replacement? You know, that's kind of what, kind of what I was getting at there with Ray Phoenix now, you know, out of reportedly out of the stadium stampede, a little bit of a different uh, type of situation. And, and it really sucks because this is all stuff that should have been taken care of months ago, right? Yeah. We've already known for the longest time that we are going to be having this show that is going on overseas. So why have we not taken the time to prepare for that instead of running a continuous story, building around this and then having to change shit on the fly or on the other side? Yeah, see, this is something that, let's say Ray Phoenix was in the WWE. This is something that they would have had maybe finalized by January January of earlier this year. Right. Vince would have had it all taken care of. <laughs> or Hunter, I should say. Yeah, Hunter. Yeah. So Daisy's posing a question here for us. Not on the, on the docket for us tonight, but we'll touch on it a little bit here. Saying, does anyone know what happened with FTR? I can tell you that um, Cash, Cash Wheeler, was involved in an incident that uh, still we're getting all of the details for right now. Mm-hmm. There is some details that have come out, but things are still speculatory with that. And until we get firm, concrete, see all of the uh, reports, the police reports from the yeah. issue... We're not gonna very. We're not gonna touch too too deep onto it. All we know is that uh, uh, there were, were some issues that happened. He did get uh, arrested. He did have to show up for court. And as of today, I believe it was either today or yesterday. Uh, Tony Khan actually did address the situation as well in a press conference. So that is out there. I have not seen it yet. So that's why neither, I can't really speak I. too too much more on that situation right now 
But Daisy, thank you so much. That's a fantastic question. I appreciate that one coming through. You got anything more on this Ray Phoenix situation? Like, do you think, um, well, you know, any, anything more? Say, like, cause there, I, I've actually, well, I was actually in a Twitch room the other day of somebody who's going to Wembley stadium and he taught, uh, going to all in for, uh, at Wembley. And, uh, he talked about how upset he was about, uh, how upset he and his pals were that Ray Phoenix is not going to be there. So okay. kind of, it does affect the fans and, because when you're advertising, hey, this wrestler is going to be there and suddenly they're not, that's a massive disappointment. Right. And especially somebody like Ray Phoenix, who a lot of people would, uh, you know, when they see his name on the card, they're going to be a little bit more apt to purchase that ticket. And if they yeah. purchase the ticket for that specific star. And, and I'm, I've been in that boat. Uh, house show I went to in 2005. They advertised Roadwire Animal. Now, granted, he did show up as part of an angle, but they announced just before his match, Road Warrior Animal's not going to be in the building tonight. He couldn't come across the border. Mm-hmm. And the crowd booed the hell out of the match. <laughs> I don't blame it, them. It was when Animal and Heidenreich were a ta- tag team. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I think that I probably would have booed the shit out of it as well. But Daisy. when Animal oh, showed yeah, up go. in the middle of the match... The crowd popped huge. <laughs> See, there we go. A little bit of retribution, a little bit of uh, a good coming out of it. Definitely. Yeah. Daisy, you are hearing correct. Uh, you know, saying that uh, you heard that John Cena is coming back. Yes, definitely. John Cena is coming back. I don't think that it's going to be anything too huge, though, because of situations like this. Um, every time he shows up, he just loses. I think what it is is right now, we do know that John Cena will be showing up on SmackDown. That's uh, this coming SmackDown, correct, Chris? Next SmackDown. Next SmackDown. Okay, so one week from Friday, John Cena will be back in the WWE on SmackDown. Now you got me confused. I'm not sure now. (laughs) It was in September. Yeah. So okay, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Not this now. Friday. It would have to be next Friday. September first is when it's going to be. Yeah. That's and I think you. that we're doing we're doing this simply to build for John Cena to go to India. Yeah. And that way, you know, the fans over in India already are aware. Hey, we're seeing John Cena on our screen again, and he is going to be one of the people that is here for us in india so that's what's happening with the john cena situation right now uh again just just bringing them back to be that name that's that's really really about it uh daisy saying also like my question is what's the wwe is trying to do with la Knight? So with LA Knight, I am really seeing this as a slow build and a slow burn with an outcome that just at the point of everyone going, I'm sick and tired of this and I don't care about this anymore, is when the switch is going to be turned and LA Knight is going to get that huge win. LA Knight is going to get exactly what he has earned within the professional wrestling world. And then that, you know, fire is going to be back yeah. on for LA night. Uh, it's, it's very slow though. What do you think, Chris? I was going to, I agree. It is slow. Um, I do like the pairing that they're giving him the Miz. Cause the Miz is a proper set stepping stone for the push. Cause the way the Miz is right now, he is what Jake the snake was in the eighties. Right. Or so, like this one. Yeah. Right. And oh, yeah, we've, we've here. talked about this before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I sort of, <laughs> yeah. Hear it. yeah, I we sort of, hear have. it, but I don't at the same time because I went back and watched him as Eli Drake and he's all LA Knight is, is just another version of Eli Drake and I'm liking it. <laughs> 
No, it definitely it is, and and I love it as well. I loved Eli Drake. I love L.A. Knight. I do see those comparisons, though, between The Rock and Stone Cold. 100% I do. Mm-hmm. More so with The Rock than Stone Cold. But... The way L.A. Knight what? carries himself, though, is not like Rock and Stone Cold, though. No, That's- no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. But when you get those different promos and, uh, you know, the catchphrases and all of that stuff, right? You, you got to remember L.A. Knight, just just as you and I did, man, we grew up watching Stone Cold. We grew yep. up watching The Rock, right? We saw The Rock come in with the stupid fanny pack and the chain with the turtleneck. And the we saw that <laughs> as it happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're dating ourselves. We're old. As that happened. (laughs) But we continued to watch that. And and same thing with L.A. Knight, with Eli Drake, whatever you want to call him. Same thing went on there. So Mm -hmm. he's grabbing and, and holding on to that inspiration from these people that he grew up watching. Just as I did when I was working. When I was wrestling... I pulled stuff from Shawn Michaels, from Bret Hart, you know, like my, my finishing move was first a super kick that, you know, didn't win me the match because I'm no Shawn Michaels. I can't win a match with a super kick, Yeah, but I would do a double ax handle off the top rope afterwards. That was my finisher. That was my Canadian club. That was my little bit of, you know, Bret Hart would always come off of the second rope, right? I came yeah. off of the top rope with the double axe handle. And see, for so. me, uh, I followed uh, big guys like because I'm a big guy myself. So my inspirations were Kevin Nash, uh, Vader, uh, mm-hmm. Yokozuna to a certain extent. I did actually steal some of Yoko's moves myself. My finisher was the powerbomb. And another big guy, Mick Foley. My second finisher, if I was wrestling a guy who was just as big as me, was the double arm DDT. Right. Yeah. Going to get to this next question here as well, because this kind of ties into a little bit of uh, our next topic here mm-hmm. at hand saying, what are your thoughts on the WWE going outside the United States to do pay-per-views like backlash was wild. I agree with you. Backlash definitely was wild. I loved seeing the promotion go and do something outside of the United States. I love it. Yeah, I love I was, it. I'm going to put up the banner there just yeah. first so that everyone sees what our next topic is. But Chris, what do you think about that? I was going to say outside North America as whole, but I forgot Puerto Rico is actually part of North America, mm-hmm. but outside of the continental U S I love when they do that, especially abroad last night in Quebec. Um, the SmackDown that they did in Puerto Rico the night before Backlash was just as good too. Yeah, I love I love seeing new crowds. That's what I call it. Speaking of new crowds, let's talk some NXT expansion. Okay, WWE's plans for expanding their developmental system globally into places like the UK as well as India. Mm-hmm. So. Word that we're hearing right now is that they want to do it, but it's not expected to happen. One of the issues is that they can't really run shows there. That's why the Indian talent they that they brought, they brought them to Orlando. Right. Could possibly right. see them opening up an NXT Europe type of thing. Um, was supposed to have been opened up in 2023 when they got rid of NXT UK. You're right. You know, it was early 2023. They were going to start NXT Europe. Now it's not happening, and it's not going to happen until after the merger with parent companies now, right? So yeah, the target, though, 2024. Soon, right? Yeah. So what, what, what do you think? What, what do you think on 
NXT Europe, right? Because we know that this is something that's supposed to be coming anyways. Yeah. Uh, but what about an NXT India? What do you think about that? Well, um, how's it going, Ed? <laughs> um, I just want to say the India market is huge and craving WWE. So having an NXT India would be very, very beneficial for the WWE. Because anytime WWE goes there, instant sellout. It doesn't matter who's on the card, instant sellout. And that answers the question that Daisy just asked, basically. Yeah. But because you they can love do, you the can WWE. Do NXT India. You can do NXT India and just for face value, you could have the great colleague who's living over in India right now run the show, maybe. Right. Right? Definitely could. WWE has been chasing the massive India market since Jinder uh, shocked the world at backlash against Randy. Yes, they have. And, and I think right now they're, they're, they've got a lot more of a push, a lot more of an oomph going into pushing for an Indian market. Um, Ed, yes, very correct in that statement. And look, um, at when they toured with Jinder as the champion, the sellouts were crazy there, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. The tours were sellouts. Now, Daisy, this is something that we have talked about before as well on this program, where we have the Asian markets as well. Now, unfortunately, the WWE could essentially try to do that. Mm -hmm. But the Asian market is very specific and very loyal to their companies and their brands japan right, would be so. really hard for wwe to do because of two companies yeah. all japan and new japan being there right and even even in china china has some really good promotions there as well that um the fan base is so loyal that they don't give a shit about mm -hmm. the wwe and what they're doing because they are very happy doing what they are doing right now and very happy with what they have right now. Right. Although I think it definitely would be a good idea for the WWE to maybe branch out a little bit into the area and the territory. Right. I think it would be great for them to do so to get the name of the WWE out there a little bit more. Now, yeah, that's, that's, yeah countries like Pakistan, China, Japan, yeah. They do have so much fandom when it comes to the WWE, but it's, I know, I, I know a few people over there. I know, uh, you know, some good friends of mine work with New Japan and work inside New Japan, work in, uh, you know, the, like, like the Fall Aid Dojo and stuff like that, right? Like mm -hmm. I've got some good friends that are working in these areas and having talks and discussions with them, they have told me that, yes, while the Asian markets definitely enjoy the WWE and love to do like the, the cosplay of the, uh, you know, certain superstars, they're more loyal to the local companies and promotions as opposed to the WWE product. When the WWE yeah. does go somewhere and they can be there for it, they're going to go and show their support for it as well. But it's not like a main concern for them. Yeah, and that's why when WWE did their last PLE in Japan, which was Beast in the East, it was centered around Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar was supposed to be the main attraction, but really the main event was Kevin Owens and Finn Balor, and that's because of Finn Balor's history in Japan. Yeah. Right? And yeah, you know what, Daisy? Um, I, I fully, fully agree with this statement, saying, like, if they give a huge push to Mustafa Ali, the fan following of that guy in Pakistan is huge. 100% it is definitely it is and I think that it would be a fantastic idea for them to do that and, and that's Just why when, and that's yeah. why when they go to Saudi shows they give Mustafa Ali something to chew on for that show <laughs> right right 
So Ed's coming in and says uh, the WWE wants NXT in multiple places, including Europe, India, Japan, China, and a rumor of Mexico. And Mexico would also well. be a hard market, too, because they're loyal to AAA and CMLL. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they definitely are. Hey, back in 2018, you are right. Ali was almost so close to becoming champion. And I think that they should they should have continued to build on that momentum. A hundred percent, they should have. Yeah, they didn't, unfortunately, which is uh, which is bullshit well, in in my hurt, eyes. So. But <laughs> but and it was then, also uh, smart that they took the uh, second most popular dude at the time, Kofi Kingston, and put the belt on him. <laughs> right. And then Ed saying they currently have Ali in a good spot working with Dom chasing the NXT North American Championship. And I love this idea because if we include, Ed, your comment here as well as Daisy's about a push for Mustafa Ali, I think it would be fantastic to have Ali and Dominic Mysterio in some sort of contention together. And let's go over to Pakistan. Let's go over to India. Let's go over and do something over in, in those countries and allow Ali to get that win over there. Yeah, see, I, I don't know about Pakistan right now because tensions are a little bit high there right now. But once right. the dust settles, maybe see about going over there, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand that as well. Uh, Daisy saying, but that's the thing. We all know Ali will not be winning any title soon, and I don't know why. I don't Here's know why thing, either. Here's the thing. If he takes the title off Dom, that's going to be a huge move for Mustafa Ali. Right, and and I personally believe that he can do it, that he can carry that championship, that he can represent the WWE and the brand of NXT as the North American champion. Why not? The guy is talented enough that he is able to do so. And then how amazing would it be for us to be able to get this NXT expansion over into India while having a champion from the area mm -hmm. right right i think it would be right. absolutely fantastic for that but we need other people to kind of feel the same way we need to uh you know use our our, our voices and our powers of social media and make sure that uh, you know stuff like that is known to the wwe as best we possibly can I'm a little distraught, maybe perturbed. Kurt Angle is getting a wrestling documentary that is going on to Peacock within the United States of America. Yeah. Okay, let me say that again. Kurt Angle is getting a wrestling documentary onto Peacock in the United States of America. What the F, David Blaine? What about us? What about everyone else across the world that does not have the access to Peacock that would want to see this stuff? I want to. I know I want to. <laughs> Me too. I don't understand why the WWE is. No, I do understand why. I know why because of the collaborations that they have with Peacock. And I totally, totally understand that. Yeah. It was announced that it's going to hit Peacock on September 2nd, titled Angle. And then the film will air on the same day as Payback which is also going to be available on Peacock for those who want to watch Payback. Um, the documentary was in, you know, independent production between Kurt Angle and director Alex Perry. Yeah. WWE acquired the documentary last year and made a few changes, 
with Angle stating that they added more pro WWE content to the film. Okay, so that um, answered my question. <laughs> however, for the most part, it'll be centered around his life and career prior to joining the sports entertainment promotion. So it's almost the beginnings of Kurt Angle, I guess we could say. Okay, so we're still not going to see anything from his time in TNA. It doesn't look as though we will. Um, not that I am seeing in here. It's all that's just where, pretty much. That's where most of Kurt Angle's uh, troubles happened, was during that time. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. It definitely was. So I'm really curious about who they got to do the documentary, like who's all going to be in it and talking about it. Right. Me too. And I mean, we don't, we don't have any of that information right now. Um, like I'm wondering did, if they got his ex-wife Karen to be a part of it. I don't know. I can tell you that the director, Alex Perry did say that when he was growing up, Kurt Angle was his favorite WWE superstar. And then he had found out that his gimmick was based on his real-life story of his pre-WWE days, specifically winning the gold medal with a broken freaking neck. And he says that I found that story to be incredibly fertile ground to explore. Oh, yeah. I kind of want to see that story, too. Like, what were his coaches telling him going into that final match, you know? Right? So... Uh, the only name that I know of that is going to be part of this documentary is Ric Flair. So the, it, all it says is on top of that, the film will feature interviews with some of Angle's peers and fellow legends, including Ric Flair. I wonder if it's going to talk about how he almost didn't join WWE because of the, when he went to ECW and was not happy with what he saw there. I don't know. could very well be. Yeah, I know. He has talked about that a little bit before. Uh, he kind of mm -hmm. has gone through uh, that information before. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be really cool, I think, to see what actually happens with this documentary. And um, I'm looking at you, my friends that, uh, you know, that are part of our local establishment and that have some access to Peacock to be able to uh, maybe hook us up and uh you know, let us be able to see this if possible. I'm looking forward to it, though. September 2nd, Angle will appear on Peacock. Something else that is going to be appearing very shortly is going to be some DLC content in a video game. Yes, we're talking video games right now. Right up my alley. Turnbuckle talk. <laughs> it 100% is up Chris's alley. I'm not a gamer myself, but I know that Chris is this. I don't know. Do you have this game? No, not yet. I'm still waiting for further content to come out. I'm waiting for something a little bit more meaty to chew on with this game. <laughs> that has been the issue with a lot of people. The game we're talking about is AEW's Fight Forever game, which really doesn't have a whole shit ton of uh, content inside of it right now, especially when they touted this to be, you know, uh, how, how did they call it now? Um, the next No Mercy, basically, they said. <laughs> right, right. But they were, they, they were saying that it was supposed to be a very very uh, full and complete, uh, you know, game, right? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. And I've been told that it really isn't right now, unfortunately. No, it isn't. We will be getting downloadable content. So for those of you that actually have the game right now, it is going to be fantastic for you. So... After all in is when we're going to be getting that content. The Stadium Stampede DLC is set to be added to Fight Forever in conjunction with All In, 
The exact date on the DLC has not been specified as of yet. Now, for you as somebody who is a gamer, what do you think of this? Where they're saying, we're going to give you the DLC, but we're not going to tell you when. I kind of hate that because that just gets... When, when I hear about DLC coming up and, and I see the dates, that gets me excited. But when I don't know when it's coming, it kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety, you know, about when it is. Or I'm all, It has me searching Google all the time when I, when I hear something about a release date coming up. And it frustrates me when nothing's announced about it. <laughs> right. So, so when they have a set date, then I can maneuver my day around that dlc so i can take some time to play with it you know right it gives you that opportunity to uh yeah to 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 open up your day Mm -hmm. to allow you the time to be able to go through it as of right now we're still seeing that it is going to be available as a free download not a paid download the arrival of the match um, within Fight Forever was first revealed uh, a while ago, to be honest. Um, it was kind of revealed in a trailer back in July. Yeah. Set in a football stadium with, you know, the Fight Forever roster going to be available. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> it definitely does. It definitely does look like it's going to be a lot of fun. But it still remains unclear if the mode is going to be available only for online play or if it's going to be available for offline play as well. Does that irk you? No. Uh, Well, yeah, actually, if if they don't tell you what what mode it's going to be available for, that's that's another pisser and a half, too. I'd rather... I kind of want it to be both offline and online because I'd like to get in there with like 20 other guys and just brawl it out with everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. I've been totally saying that understand. for years too about the WWE video game. Make the Royal Rumble an online game, uh, an online mode to play. They haven't done that yet. <laughs> right? And it surprises me that they haven't because that, uh, that just makes perfect sense to do something like that, right? Yeah. Daisy has got some... Uh, uh, gameplay talk going on here saying Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is announced. Chris, what are your thoughts on the uh, Modern Warfare franchise? Okay, so I play, I do play Call of Duty, but I don't buy it every year like some people seem to do. Okay. I just don't see the point on buying it every year. But this is the year that I'm probably going to be buying it considering my last Call of Duty game is going on three years old now and the player base in that game is starting to die out. <laughs> Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But I haven't seen, uh, from what I've seen from the new Modern Warfare 3, it looks like something I would be interested in doing. So Definitely, totally understandable. I want to give a huge thank you and shout out to each and every one of you that are here with us week in, week out, as we bring you some professional wrestling talk that maybe other people aren't talking about. It is so so amazing that you guys have shown us the support that you have. Turnbuckle Talk has been going on since 2015. As you see, 335 episodes. Uh, we are one of the longest-running professional wrestling podcasts that are still out there today. Very proud and happy to be sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com. We are the first Collar and Elbow branded sponsored podcast and i think that that is just absolutely fantastic and because of that we have a little bit of al snow talk coming up here shortly but i want you to hear what al snow sounds like so stick around and stay tuned for this we'll be right back after this quick commercial break promotional consideration paid for by the following wrestling a love and a passion we all share i've started a wrestling brand the wrestling brand a brand founded on the aspects of wrestling two entities promotional consideration paid for by the following 
Well, it appears as though that is not going to work for us. I am seeing that the uh, was it was it playing for you on your end, Chris? It was, but it was looping a little bit. Okay, yeah, I was getting some information there that said that it uh, failed to load for some reason. So, yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see that one. Let's see if this one from our friends with Rogue Energy works, though. played <laughs> okay so it's playing for you guys thankfully it is not playing on my end i'm very happy that you all got to see that though rogue energy uh has some amazing stuff over there for you so proud to be part of them as well we talk collar and elbow brand I'm wearing the hat and the t-shirt that I've had here. One of them since 2018. That's how long we have been with them. Let's talk a little bit about OVW. Ohio Valley Wrestling. There's going to be a new documentary series that is coming out on to Netflix. Simply called Wrestlers. It is an OVW documentary. Now, we do know that there are many stars that have come from OVW, like Brock Lesnar, John Cena, and Batista, plus many, many more. I know that you didn't know very much about this and what's going on, and even that Al Snow purchased OVW. You thought, yeah. uh, you know, Corny was still doing stuff. Yeah, I thought he was still a part of the. I, well, he is still a part of it, but more of in a advisor kind of role, from what I understand now. Right. I myself am really looking forward to this documentary, this docu series. They're saying that it is going to be. I'm going to read out to everyone what Variety, Variety issued a press release, revealing. A description for the series. Noob, so good to see you. We are doing so well here. Appreciate you coming by. Listen to what Variety has to say right now about this OVW docuseries. Once a proud finishing school for aspiring pro wrestlers, the gym has hit hard times. Acclaimed wrestler Al Snow clings to an old school wrestling philosophy with a heavy emphasis on storytelling. But in spite of the love of a few diehard fans, the gym struggles week to week to stay relevant enough to keep its doors open. Things have become so dire financially that Al Snow has to sell a majority stake to a group of local businessmen, including Matt Jones, the most popular radio personality in the state of Kentucky. Matt and the new ownership group have infused the struggling gym with much-needed cash, but it still operates at a staggering loss. The new owners have given Al the summer to turn things around. Wrestlers chronicles the efforts Al and his band of aspiring wrestlers make as they struggle with their personal ambitions and each other while they attempt to come together to save this historic gym. Basser, thank you so much for coming by. I appreciate you, my friend. I hope you heard that. I hope you were able to hear what uh, this new docu-series is. Chris, just hearing that, that description, how does this make you feel about this docu-series? I need to see it. 
because <laughs> I know I know how deep the history of OVW goes, uh, right? From Jim Cornette and his uh, podcast and the work he's done there, and the partnership that they had with uh, WWE, and uh, I think they still have the partnership with Impact. I don't know anymore. I'm not sure either, to be honest. But I'm not sure either. I need to see it because I've watched OVW in the past. I like OVW. I like the stuff that they've done. Right. I am very excited for this. Um, yeah. <laughs> Vassar, this is going to be on Netflix. Uh, this is going to be coming to Netflix uh, very, very soon. Um Basser asked the question, where can I see this? It's going to be a Netflix documentary series that is coming out. It was just recently announced, and I'm not seeing um, a whole lot more about it just yet. But I can tell you that it will debut on September 13th mm -hmm. on Netflix. And is going to give us an exclusive behind-the-scenes glimpse into OVW that they never thought would be possible. So I'm very, very excited for this. If you guys have not seen it yet, there is a trailer that is out there. You can find that on YouTube. I believe it is. You should be able to find it there. Daisy, I want to say thank you so much to you, Daisy Jackson, for subscribing to us and following us over on Turnbuckle Studios' Twitch page. I greatly appreciate that, and I appreciate you, and I hope that you are enjoying the content that we are bringing to you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Daisy. <laughs> so now, we've got... A documentary that just happened over on Peacock. We now have a Kurt Angle documentary that's coming out on Peacock. We have got another pro wrestling documentary or docu-series that is coming out on to Netflix. I was asked this question yesterday... I'm going to ask this question of you now, Chris. Okay. Do you feel that these documentaries and docu-series that we have been seeing are giving people too much of a glimpse into the circus known as professional wrestling? Or is this a good thing for professional wrestling? You know what? I was thinking the same thing watching a certain wrestler's vlog today. I was watching uh, Sammy Guevara's vlog today, and I'm like, okay. is he giving a little too much into the into what he does outside of the ring as well? Because like in the particular one, he was doing signings and meet and greets with uh, fans and whatnot. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but um, this is kind of like a double-edged sword, because uh, I, I still try to keep kayfabe alive. So... Right. I, I definitely try to as well, as much yeah. as I possibly can. Yeah. This, this is a bit of a double-edged sword because like me as the former wrestler, you as the former wrestler, we like seeing these stories being told. And I'm sure certain fans would like, be, uh, like seeing it be uh, like these stories being told as well. Right. But I feel like uh, with documentaries, like going all the way back to, wrestling with shadows it almost it pretty much did kill kayfabe a little bit there yeah it did. Well, a great great documentary though 100 yeah. percent. beyond the mat as well yes fantastic beyond the mat wrestling with shadows great beautifully done documentaries i believe um we're going to talk a little bit later about movies and things that are going on with inside that world. Yeah. But for me, if anyone is actually looking at wanting to know what it is like backstage yeah. for a uh, professional wrestler going through, uh, you know, in the locker room, going to into retirement and having to live life afterwards after being a professional wrestler. 
Uh, Darren Aronofsky has a beautiful film that is called The Wrestler, the Wrestler. featuring Mickey Rourke and Marissa Tomei. If you want to know a little bit more about kind of still keeping some kayfabe in there, but giving you a little bit of a glimpse into the life of a professional wrestler during and after, mm-hmm. go and watch that film. Beautifully done. But this is, the, these documentaries are also great, too, for people who are not quite fans of wrestling but want to know the workings of the wrestling business right like my girlfriend for instance she's not a fan of wrestling but i can show her this documentary to show her the kind of stuff that we went we went through as wrestlers right yeah 100 100 we can we can right and these just give a little bit of a glimpse same with mine same with my girlfriend she's you know not a huge uh, fan of professional wrestling um you know doesn't know a whole lot about uh, you know the inner workings of the business and stuff like that but this at least gives her a little bit of an idea and a little bit of a glimpse into yeah. it some of the best professional wrestlers in the world are showcased on our television night in night out day in day out and one of those is chad gable and yes, even <laughs> oh, Gunther. I just wanted to touch on this really quickly. Uh, Chad Gable defeating Gunther by countout during an Intercontinental Championship title match on Monday Night Raw last night. I think this is beautiful. This was done beautifully for me and almost, almost in a perfect fashion to continue this story and show that yes after Gunther surpasses the honky tonk man's record for holding that championship Chad Gable could take that belt off of him how do you feel about that matchup last night and the story that we're getting I'm still riding the wave from that match and I as I said after the end of that match we need to see them at the PLE Mm-hmm. We need to see that match at the PLE. It was just bell to bell, fantastic wrestling. You got Gunther uh, Gunther's European style. You got Chad Gable's American style of wrestling, and it blended right. so well together. Oh yeah, it was so gorgeous, and that so that, gorgeous that, that deadlift German suplex from Chad Gable on Gunther, fantastic. <laughs> Right. I was losing my absolute mind last night while watching that. Um, You guys can check it out in a replay if you want. It's definitely there. I was losing my absolute shit during this matchup. Our good friend Leeds even saying, you know, like match of the year contender last night between Chad Gable and Gunther. And and keep in mind, Chad Gable is a guy who two years ago we wouldn't have even given a thought to fighting for the Intercontinental title. Right? Right? Not at all. Not at all. And even though he has done a little bit of like the comedic gimmicky type of stuff, you know, with Otis and, uh, you know, it, it definitely has had a little bit of comedic feel to it. We are still invested Oh, yeah. Chad Gable as a viable competitor to take that championship. Holy shit. Because the way I see it with Chad Gable, he's kind of like when Big Show was doing that comedic gimmick. Big Show would come out, do the comedy stuff. But when it came down to the once the bell rang, it was time to get it on, you know? Yeah, it definitely was. I am very happy about this story and where it continues to go. And I am really looking forward to seeing this even more. And I want to see it continue past the PLE. If it does. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, I definitely do as well. Uh, that's that's exactly what I want. I don't want this just to be a super quick, um, you know, little story that's being told inside of other stories. I want this to become a main freaking story. Yeah. On Monday Night Raw, and that's what I want. Put the emphasis on the Intercontinental Title, which is what they've been doing. <laughs> right. Definitely, it is. I am super happy about this. But in Taz fashion, I digress. We are going to move on to our final topic of the night. Hell to pay. We are looking at SAG AFTRA versus the WWE. This was a topic that was brought to me by my amazing co-host, Chris Best. I am going to let you take the lead on this one, my friend. You have control right now. You take this one away. Okay, so uh, for anyone who follows Entertainment Tonight, uh, TMZ, we all know that there's a big strike going on with SAG-AFTRA. Big... uh, Uh, labor disputes over contracts that sort of thing going on right now and it's delaying a lot of films being put out being made right now uh right uh, what had happened is uh the rock has been uh, donating money to support the strike and to you know help pay for these actors who need the work um but brian gerwitz has gone on to uh the ringer wrestling show and he stated that it would not be a good idea for the rock to show up on WWE television while this is going on. And I wholeheartedly agree with him because this would actually affect his membership with SAG as well. But on the other side, we've got John Cena coming to SmackDown, and I know he's a part of SAG. He has to be a part of SAG. Batista is there as well. And I know Batista actually supports the strike too. I saw a few tweets of of his uh, uh, mentioning support about it. Um, so what are your thoughts about, uh, Brian Gerwitz saying this, that the rock shouldn't be on TV? Brian Gerwitz is a very, very, very close friend of the rocks. They are, you know, very tight. <laughs> right. And you know what? At some point we we really have to know and understand that there is a difference mm-hmm. between the, uh, uh, acting in films that we see and professional wrestling now while yes professional wrestling is an entertainment based type of show that's just it it is a show much like you would get in the ufc much like you would get on primetime boxing on you know fight fc uh you know nba mlb nfl All of these, NHL, all of them, they are sports, but they're an entertaining thing for people as well. So for him to say that it would not be a good idea for someone like The Rock, who has supported the strike, to to say you shouldn't be showing up on programs like this, I think is is, is downright ballsy Mm. for him first to be saying, well, I don't think that, uh, you know, this person should be doing this. Uh, you the- have no control over what somebody does. And yeah. while you may think that it's a bad thing, I think that it could be an absolute great thing, especially somebody like Batista. Now I'm sure yeah. Batista, I'm sure Batista has enough of a bankroll that he could sit at home. Yeah. And if Batista he wants said to, he's done. So, <laughs> But you and I both know that Batista, that David Batista is not a guy, not the baseball player. We're talking the, you know, the actor, professional wrestler, David Batista is somebody who does not like to just sit idly on his freaking hands. No. So if an opportunity comes up for him to be part of a program within the WWE, why the hell not? Are we going to say that they shouldn't be going and throwing out the first pitch at an MLB game? (laughs) And and here's the thing, too. Uh, SAG and AFTRA have nothing to do with WWE. 
Granted, Jesse Ventura tried to get Sagan after a part of WWE some 30-odd years ago before Hogan put the kibosh on that, which ultimately led to Jesse Ventura being fired. Right. Right. That's a huge point. Huge point. They don't have any type of affiliation with each other at all. They have no reason, the WWE and SAG-AFTRA, you know, for them to even be in a comparable fashion right now. So what's the big deal then? There shouldn't be a big deal. And if somebody sees it as coming off as a hypocritical almost that he is supporting this strike. Financially, the rock has supported this strike. Yeah. To then be shown on television within the WWE. Well, but that's his home. Right. You really going to deny somebody the opportunity to go and do something. How do we know that the rock isn't going to go out there on a Monday night raw the night where they have three hours of television programming available for them for the rock to go out there and say, I love the WWE universe. And I love the support that the WWE universe has given to the SAG AFTRA strike efforts. Holy shit, dude. What a bigger platform now for the word to get out there about what is going on. Yeah. Because now people are going to be going and seeing what is The Rock done? What is The Rock talking about? Sag after what, what, what's going on? I need to look this up now because it came from The Rock. Yeah. Because a lot of the people within the professional wrestling world might not understand and know what's going on. Sorry, yeah, and- my rant's over. Yeah, and me being in the film industry, I understand everything about it. So, you know, but um, like, yeah, this doesn't the rock can show up and still do the stuff with the bloodline because there's rumors that he was supposed to come in and do some stuff with the bloodline feud. So, Mm -hmm. like I said, this does in no way this would this ever affect him because say again, WWE not affiliated two separate entities. Hmm. It, it doesn't affect his outlook on uh, the outlook on him at all. It brings more of a public eye to the WWE, brings more of a public eye to the strike, brings more of a public eye to the rock. It's all a win-win situation in the end. Mm-hmm. I think it would be <clears throat> anyways. But I'm wondering if he decides to go with this warning. Does it affect the possibility of him enrollment at WrestleMania? Because that's been rumored for the longest time. Right. And I mean, definitely that concern is 100% going to be there. And yes, I think that it could have some implications on that. And I think that because of this and because of those implications, this is where we might get a little bit of a war between Mm -hmm. the strike and the WWE. Yeah. Where the WWE may really push back pretty hard on this situation and that is where some possible hell to yeah. pay and i would from. i would understand it if it was the president the president of sag and after saying to the rock no you can't do it but not his buddy brian gerwitz you know <laughs> right exactly i would very much so be interested to hear what the sag after a side thinks of yeah. something like that of a situation like that it seems to me that they don't necessarily care because i mean we got john cena coming on smackdown he was already on smackdown during the strike about a week ago anyways right gerwitz needs to just calm himself and uh allow the go back to being a fantastic writer like he is <laughs> yeah i think so as well that is going to do it for us here with this edition of turnbuckle talk we are already over an hour I want to give some good shout-outs here to our friends over at RealWrestling.net. News and views by real fans. Our affiliation with Real Wrestling means that Turnbuckle Talk is international, baby, as they are based out of the United Kingdom. Huge thank you to RealWrestling.net for them allowing Turnbuckle Talk to be on 
their platform. And if you guys are interested in some merchandise from Turnbuckle Studios, then go and check out carlcarafell.redbubble.com where you can get yourself merchandise from Turnbuckle Talk, Turnbuckle Studios, Beats and Beatdowns, Got the Pod Life, Paramindful, and even Monday Night Watch Along merchandise as well. There is so many different things over there for you that you can go and check out. Chris, where can the people find you on the socials? All right, guys. So you can find me here on OLE Podcast uh, Monday nights at 8 p.m. doing the Raw Watch Along, 8.05 Eastern for both times for turnbuckle talk you can find me on twitch tv at cbrs underscore entertainment threads cbest films 83 facebook.com chris uh, chris.best 83 and look for me on youtube at chris damage 83 was going to get into gaming i'm gonna have to put a little hold on that because i'm buying a new laptop at the end of the month so totally <clears throat> understandable make sure that you're going and following him on all of those socials and keep up to date with everything that chris best is doing if you're looking for anything else from me, any other shows, or where you can follow me, or even where you can support Turnbuckle Talk, that can all be found at Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Carl Carafel. That is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Carl Carafel. And be sure to stick around and stay with our local establishment as about 10 10 p.m eastern standard time we are going to have ed and astrid bringing you taking over the nxt post show i guess we could say for them as they're going to go through and discuss all things nxt and especially coming off of this amazing show that they have got going on right now they have that going on and tune in and stick with turnbuckle studios over on youtube there is a lot of great content over there some backlog content as well from turnbuckle talk the first and second season of beats and beatdowns is available there for you the boar's nest with baba duke is available over there as well and even some old unboxing videos that i did they're over there too there's a lot of different content over there Again, thank you so much to everybody for being here with us today. We welcome you back next Tuesday at 8.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we bring you once again some news that other people may not be talking about. Remember, everyone, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>